0: It is way of the warrior Eric Holkrin, along with Ken Evans back from retirement already.
1: Uh, I quite frankly expected a longer break here. <laughs> <laughs> we were off um, one
0: week. We were we were off one week and then like all all hell breaks loose. Okay, um,
1: in the UFC that's how it goes. We had
0: a card last week. We'll talk about briefly at some point. We have a card this week. We may or may no, not talk about. No, that's but not we're, why we're checking but, in. You know why we're checking. But, in. but we're checking in because it was the presser yesterday between. Habib Nurmagomedov and Conor McGregor, um, and also we will get to the fact that John Jones is back, because I told you that John Jones was back, and now he's back.
1: A lot of fighters not happy about it, though, which I find very interesting. Gustafson, of course, who can't get a fight to save his life, wants to fight John Jones, but we'll talk about that in minutes, because yesterday we had the pay-per-view preview media conference for UFC 229, which, of course, is Conor McGregor's return to the UFC.
0: It took place in Radio City Music Hall, and uh, if you didn't watch it, you just listened to the audio. What was interesting is they essentially put the stage in the middle yeah. of the place so it wouldn't look so crazy since it was a media-only event, even though Conor McGregor leading up to this said if you bought a bottle of his proper 12, he would get you into the presser. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out not to be true. So, Are you sure? Maybe he just hasn't sold a lot yet. <laughs> Well, there is an Instagram photo of a guy who spent $212 on proper 12 and standing outside. So, (laughs) That's funny. Nine bottles of proper 12 later does not get you in.
1: Uh, It's kind of hard to kind of uh, take this uh, thing that lasted, what, just about an hour, right? Uh, Just under, yeah. Just under an hour. And to make it concise and compelling and to the point where you can kind of get a gist of what happened. So I tried to here. So here's what we've got as far as a bit from the UFC 229 presser yesterday as Conor McGregor gives his thoughts on Khabib Nurmagomedov and the upcoming fight.
2: His head bouncing off the canvas. All his pony talk is going to be on blast October 6th. Do you have a round in mind? As long as it takes, I believe one, he's a glass jaw. The Chechens, my Chechen (laughs) friends, the Vainaki soldiers, they told me that they have chicken jaws in Dagestan. And I believe them because I know a glass jaw when I see one. And I've seen this man wobble many times. I've seen his brother sparked unconscious in another promotion. I know he is afraid of a smack. And if you're afraid of a smack off me, a smack will feel like a double barrel shotgun. So, I believe the inside the force, but I have been wrong before. I will be prepared for five rounds. You're looking at a fighting veteran. I've came through it all. I've been through it all. I've been on both sides of the world. I've been on the boxing side and I've been on this side. I'm ready for any occurrence, but this man is a glass jaw bomb. And I'm going to shatter him like that glass was shattered. May God have mercy on its soul on October 6th. I'm a little worried about Connor's
1: lack of confidence His as head he heads bounce- into this fight, Eric. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Classic Connor McGregor there. That's exactly what the UFC needs at this point. In this fiscal year, as we talk about business sometimes.
0: Yes. uh, And, and, you know, I saw a tweet from, I think it was Front Row Brian yesterday that was saying afterwards that if John Jones and Conor McGregor disappeared Thanos style tomorrow, Mm -hmm. he would stop watching the UFC because there's no point. You know, he just brings those two guys just bring such interest, either athletically or with this sort of stuff that you can't help but tune in. One of the interesting things I saw was as this presser was going live on YouTube, there was a half a million people streaming a press conference with no crowd interaction between two fighters and Dana White, who spent half the time yelling at each other. And you probably understood eight percent of what they were yelling at one another.
1: Yeah, it was kind of interesting, too, because, I mean, with just the press in there, there was a lot of silence to some of the things that really would have gotten a crowd fired up yes. so you wonder why they didn't necessarily want the crowd in there
0: well and dana's explanation which I, th- I think bears repeating was that they had some problems in new york prior they didn't want to have problems today so they kept all the people out right so, so so
1: they didn't have to worry about like people sneaking in from camps and being part of the yeah, crowd and that all type that of thing.
0: Yeah. All right. I guess that makes sense because obviously there's there's some precedents there. Why
1: did they go to New York? That if they had problems in New York, uh, this fights in Vegas is that just easiest my, for Connor to get to? My understanding
0: coast? is that it was the easiest for everybody to get to. Um. So they just did that because Connor, I feel like they should have done
1: it in Boston if you're going to have Connor there. Yeah. And Dana loves Boston. He's yeah. from Boston, except for those mafia guys that tried to kill him. That tried to kill him. But
0: um, speaking of
1: sketchy dudes, did you hear uh, Connor McGregor calling out? Uh, What's his name? Ali Abdelaziz.
0: Yes, uh, you know, during the face-off part, there was a, an altercation between the two of them, um, and you know, Ken, you have a better explanation for people who might not know all of the backstory because you might know Ali because he is actually the manager of quite a few fighters. Yeah. Not, the least of which is Henry Cejudo and Cody Garbrandt and Frankie Edgar, right? So you've seen or and heard his, Nirmag- Magomedov. And Nurmagomedov. And Nurmagomedov, right? Um, so you've seen his name prior to yesterday, but you might not understand the backstory. And so, you know, Ken, you can kind of do the elevator pitch as to what this is. But the reason he called him a terrorist snitch was because why?
1: Well, apparently back in the day, the NYPD and the FBI actually used that dude as an informant. Uh, he was an informant for the NYPD back in 2002, and apparently he was in jail in Colorado for document forgery, and he ended up becoming an asset. But at some point, they stopped believing that he was actually giving them real info, and he may have become a double agent. So basically, uh, they're calling Abdul Aziz a snitch uh, because he might have been a double agent, and nobody knows exactly what his intentions were. It's really insane when you think about this fight and how many layers we've got. You've got, obviously... Conor McGregor, I mean, I, I think we almost glossed against past the fact that he brought up the Chechens fighting the Dagestanis. I yes. mean, literally bringing a real war into what's happening inside the cage. Conor's sitting there, as you mentioned earlier, behind his bottle of whiskey. What's the name again? Proper, proper 12, yo. What's the proper 12? 12 years of proper aging? I
2: believe so for? yes
0: and and before you but if you're a, a whiskey snob before you jump all over this understand there's some legacy to this i guess it's somebody who came from guinness and then went to bush bush mills left bush mills to make this whiskey that connor just slapped his name on so well his name
1: yeah because i mean you have to have a certain year uh that right you have it uh age to be a
0: obviously he's been in Irish the UFC for, for four years he hasn't been aging a 12-year whiskey at three times speed so, so there was a process see. before we got to this uh,
1: it's named after uh the suburb of crumlin dublin 12 proper so that's proper where, where he's
0: from I believe, yes. is what is the naming proper so anyway uh yeah he's got that he's pulling on histronics and this is the thing that connor does really really well and you've seen it time and time again um you know he got inside the head of jose aldo he got inside the head of eddie alvarez he ruined um uh, Jeremy Stevens career right right like the, who the f- is this guy is just like ruined his whole career so he's really really good at doing this and he's good at doing it because he's clearly well read and understands what he's doing and what levers to pull and so you're pulling on this war you're talking about your uh, liquor you're talking about The guy who invests in Khabib's gym, you'll have to do it's a long story that we won't get into, but you'll have to do your research like he did embezzle one hundred fifty million dollars from the state of Russia and is in jail by Vladimir Putin. So read into that as you would like. The Ali story is another layer. So there's I mean, I was telling Ken before we started outside of the actual punching between two human beings, this might be the craziest fight outside the ring that's ever happened in the history of the sport.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting, too. Dana White did some interviews after the press conference. He said he believes Conor McGregor is in Khabib's head like no other fighter's ever done before. He also thinks this is the darkest that Connor's gotten inside. Uh, he said, quote, it was dark, man. It was the darkest press conference I've ever been a part of. But Connor McGregor is the master of mental warfare. I've said it before and I'll say it again. He's better than anybody, even Muhammad Ali. You don't want to say anybody's better than Ali. But I think when it comes to the mental war game in this sport or any other sport, Connor McGregor is the best ever. End quote.
0: And I would absolutely agree. And I think when you look at and and we've done this a lot on this show. Um, and you know, as this show, like we said last time, as the show develops into whatever it's going to be, um, we'll still touch on this sort of stuff. But when when we play the game of MMA math and you look at the people that Khabib beat, mm-hmm. outside of RDA, there isn't anybody really on that list that you would go. Yeah, he's fought the who's who in mixed martial arts, right?
1: No, not at all. I mean, that's why he wanted the Tony Ferguson fight almost probably as much as Tony Ferguson wanted the Tony Ferguson fight. Right. Because, I mean, that was going to be the fight that was going to really put him into the uh, upper echelon and prove whether or not he could fight certain guys, whether he'd be able to win and and beat people at that level. And like you said, we really haven't seen that yet. I mean he's certainly been dominant he certainly looked great he certainly looks like he should be there but we haven't necessarily seen it like you said I mean winning the title uh, the interim title I'm sorry that was the ally Quinta, Ally right? Quinta yeah. Uh, that was a very strange setup yes. but other than that I mean yeah the RDA fight impressive but RDA seemed less impressive since that win
0: well and you know and RDA went up a weight class after oh that, that's right. right i forgot about that. um you know he got rocked by michael johnson eventually he beats michael johnson by kimura he decisions barboza he decisions friends decisions Ia aquinta mm-hmm. right um and you could say well he wasn't prepared for ally aquinta i get it but if you ask john in shape john jones to fight a 205 or you'd never heard of mm-hmm. it shouldn't be a decision victory right and so this doesn't speak to the lack of skill of Nurmagomedov what it f- speaks to is what um, we were talking about with the tentativeness when this stuff is on the line when the title is on the line and you're trying to play chess safely guys like Conor McGregor will put you to sleep right
1: and oh, I think sure. Conor
0: McGregor is going to put this guy to sleep
1: well I mean I, I I don't do this often but I went to grab the tail of the tape here the tale of the tape. The tale of the tape, which I think is very interesting when you kind of compare these two fighters and how dominant uh, people talk about Khabib Nurmagomedov being. Uh, he's got a 31% percent KOTKO ratio. What do you think Connors is? Top of your head. 70. 86. Okay. 86%. Um, the other thing you've got in here that I thought was very interesting uh, wha- where do we go here, was obviously the decisions. Uh, so, uh, you know, these don't work out exactly just because of the way the numbers. You've got 38% decision rate for Khabib Nurmagomedov, 31% subs. But how many fights with Connor do you think go to decision?
0: Um, two that I know of.
1: So 10%. Yes. 10% versus nearly 40% for Khabib Nurmagomedov. So I I think you're right. And I think you've got a guy who's got a little bit of reach. He's got a couple inches on each side. Not a ton, but a couple inches on each side. you got a guy who's going to be aggressive. you got a guy who usually when that guy hasn't fought this long, I'm going to look at the guy and go, man, he's going to be rusty. He's going to be rusty. Something's going to be off. He's going to need time to get back in there and figure it out. And maybe he does. But I'm also looking at a guy like Conor McGregor that looks like he's got a ton of pent-up energy.
0: Well, that and – um. Last month, I had finished Matthew Perry's book on Bruce Lee. Which, if you're a Bruce Lee fan, you should read the this guy book. Guy from Friends wrote a book on Bruce Lee. Um, yes, not not the different guy, different Matthew. Could Perry. he be any more fast? Right. Uh anyway, you know, it talks about when Bruce would come into to conflict in his life, he would lose a fight or be embarrassed early on. Mm-hmm. That he would go back to people and train in secret mm-hmm. and then come out with new stuff like. Connor seems to me to be the living embodiment. You know, Dana compares him to Ali. He's got this Bruce Lee feel about him. Like, I don't think for two years he's been on a beach doing nothing. No. Right? I, I think he's well, It hasn't been, been
1: quite two years, but he hasn't been in an MMA fight in, in almost two and a half, a one and a half, right? Right.
0: So, like, but I don't think he's been doing nothing. No. And I, I'm super interested to see in the time he took off to focus just on his hands, mm-hmm. when you put that in a much smaller ring which much, with much longer rounds what does that do
1: I don't know are you talking about the training he did with I just boxing like, fighters me, boxing me, fighters boxers I, I'm not saying
0: like boxing match dudes when you focus on that part of your game like what happens to that and your ability to throw Punches for thirty straight minutes. Right. Yeah. And you saw him tear her out at the end of that, and he probably learned a lot about that. And that's probably what he was alluding to yesterday in the press conference when he said, I learned a ton, and I'm gonna bring it in on Saturday, October sixth. I, right?
1: I guess you make a good point there, because I was gonna say technique wise, I don't think a lot of it translates, but I mean the fact I mean, you and I have both done uh some training, you much more than I have. One of the most surprising things you'll ever find out about yourself is how heavy your arms can get in a minute, mm-hmm. let alone Five, let alone 10, let alone 15, let alone 25, let alone 40 minutes, like when he was in there with Floyd Money Mayweather. Correct.
0: And so what I'm saying is not that his technique got dramatically better, but when you're just focusing on one part. Well, that's the
1: thing we always talk about with Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz is able to keep picking you apart because the dude runs marathons and never stops punching. Yeah. So you don't. Yeah, he's popping you light. It looks like he's popping your light. He's landing. He's not landing super shots, but he doesn't stop. So you just keep getting hit in the face, and you're like, "What the hell, man? I just keep getting hit in the face." And
0: then he goes to the body and starts powering you down, and powering you down, and powering you down. One. So if Conor brings a,
1: even a, a fraction of that to his game, this is getting get scary.
0: Yes, uh, and so. That is where we are right now. The press conference was yesterday. It is on YouTube if you want to watch it. Uh, You have to fast forward about 15 minutes in because they were both late or they wanted to run 15 extra minutes on the UFC. I'm not really sure.
1: You're always going to wait for Conor McGregor. Yes. Unless you're on a bus. Then Um, he'll come to you. (laughs) What do you think about the fact that the UFC literally put – a smashing window into the promo for this thing. So, I mean,
0: they're doubling we down. We knew
1: they were going to talk about it. We, like, we couldn't avoid it. it.
0: Yeah, they're doubling down on it. Conor mentioned
1: in the press conference, too, the only reason it happened is because Khabib was hiding behind women. Yes. And if he so. would have just come out. <laughs> I like how now he's got his plea deal. He's like, oh, it wasn't my fault.
0: Right. It's the Dagestani guy. fault. It was the, Dagestani,
1: it was the Dagestani with the chicken chin.
0: Yeah, so, um, look, whatever your thoughts on Conor McGregor, whatever your thoughts on Khabib, understand that the UFC needs this right now desperately and they need it because real quickly I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on this weekend they need it because they're in Sao Paulo this weekend by only God's grace because at mm. one point it was supposed to be headlined by Glover and Jimmy Manawa Glover falls out on August 14th replaced by Tiago Santos Manawa pulls out on December 16th replaced by Eric Anders on one week notice so your light heavyweight fight is between Tiago Santos and Eric Anders. Same thing happens with the Alex Oliveira fight that was supposed to be Neil Magny and Oliveira, and that of course got replaced um, with Ponce Pibio and then that was replaced by Pedersal Jr. So this, this card, they can't even tape together, mm-hmm. right? They need stuff like this to keep them going. And so when people ask, hey, John Jones is cleared on October 28th, I ask, incredulously, um, is he going to be on UFC 230? And Dana says unequivocally no. And I don't know that I believe him.
1: Yeah, we still don't have we still don't have a main event for that car. We were talking about that not too long ago and you you said, "Oh, don't forget about John Jones." And I said, "Shut up, Eric, don't be an idiot." And I'm sorry? Oh,
0: it's okay. Our,
1: 15 our, months is not on the list of suspensions. You got first year guys that are are getting 2 years. Jones is let's remember guys, and whatever however you want to feel about it. Jones has popped now 3 different times. Mm-hmm. The first time was the coke. Yep. Second time I forget what it was. It was the the weird supplements thing he said happened to him. Yes. But he did test positive. And now what is the this is the the craziest one. Is this the pig steroid or something you were telling me? Yeah, so it's it's a
0: uh, it's a yeah, and it's to kind of rewind the clock. Guys, this one is really weird because the steroid that he was popped for night of competition wouldn't have helped him night of competition. So, there's already some doubt as to why he would put this in his body when he tested, what, six times out of competition leading up to this? Mm-hmm. So, we can have these discussions. I think Ken and I have said this a million times, stop taking supplements, guys. If you can't figure out what's in it or where it's coming from, you should stop taking it because all sorts of stuff is showing up in it. Where you have Anderson Silva testing for cialis or viagra in his supplements right because he doesn't know it's in there and blah 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 blah. because what happens is they mix all of that stuff in the same batch and none of the stuff is really has any sort of oversight so it shows up on your shelf of your health store or gnc or whatever and you just put it in your mouth your mouth right yeah um so when you hear those commercials on the radio about get your testosterone back that stuff is made in the same vat that they're making your whey protein yeah So there's some of it probably in your whey protein. That's how we get here. How does he get 15 months? He gets 15 months because they drag their feet because they're smart because they know how this game works. And if you don't know how this game works, the longer you don't finish this, all of the stuff is retroactive. So if you wait 15 months and it's a 15-month suspension like this one, you're done as soon as arbitration is over.
1: Well, here's the other interesting part, too, is when you're in the middle of all this arbitration and everything, nobody's testing you. Right. Right. So is he going to have to go back in the 4 month pool? Everybody's pissed about Brock skipping ahead of the line last time and then testing positive. Well, and that might be and Brock, why Ga- Let's let's not forget Brock had never tested positive before. Right. If you want to be mad about the one, cool, I'll give that to you. But Brock has tested positive once. We're now on three positive tests for John Jones.
0: Yes. And so what happens guys is he drags his feet, his team gets into arbitration, um and the word that we are hearing now is that he made a deal of sorts to rat out either a fighter, a coach, or a team that also is messing around with this stuff. And that is why he gets this 15-month suspension, which is should have been an automatic four. Hmm. And again, we talked about it a year ago. It's not going to be an automatic four. It's John Jones. I don't think either one of I us... I thought
1: it was going to be an automatic four. I just think could, didn't think he could get around it, man.
0: But, you know, little did we know that you can get around it by just ratting out other people. And look survival of the fittest i guess but but <laughs> this doesn't really
1: play into his persona correct. though does it what well, like it, being a snitch it, and again i think that's usually kind of stupid it is kind of stupid but i mean in this regard it, being a snitch does not play into the john jones i'll take on all comers i'm clean mentality this has been a mess i don't know what happened i'm coming back after you dc blah 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 that doesn't play into that. Oh, by the way, I'm going to tell you who else is on the drugs if you just let me fight in New York. On the drugs. You went to know who's on the <laughs> drugs, I'll tell you. Here's an interesting thing, because I know you're looking this up right now. Uh, Tom Lawler. Did you see him on Twitter immediately after this? I didn't. I saw a lot of fighters with uh, some of the sentiment that seemed similar. I'm going to let Tom Lawler's Twitter speak to a lot of it, though. And it says, you ever hear people say MMA is fake or UFC is fixed? This John Jones shit is what they mean. It's not the outcomes, but the idea of sport itself that is fixed. Money rules all. What
0: an effing joke. And for some context, guys, remember Lawler was on a suspension. Mm Mm-hmm. The UFC kept him under contract for the suspension with three weeks left. I think cut- he was two years for his first offense. Two years for his first offense. Cut him with three weeks left.
1: Yes. Cut yes. him. Before he was coming back.
0: Yes. So prevented him from talking to Bellator. Prevented him from talking to one. Prevented him from talking to anybody for two years. And then cut him with three weeks left. So he's so he's tainted goods back in the market. Good luck to you, Tom Lawler. Mm-hmm. Good luck to you.
1: Yeah, Curtis Blades also checks in. USADA is steadily losing respect in the fight community to the point of questioning why they even exist. Here's another interesting fact I found out, and I was digging around on Reddit, so I wish I could credit the user. I meant to screen cap that so I could. But it was interesting to find out that the USADA's business, over 30-something percent of that is from MMA. (laughs) (laughs) The USADA's cash cow right now is
0: mixed martial arts. Yeah. So, I mean, it's much like, guys, if you work in a corporate setting, and somebody tells you a consultant's coming in. Do you think that consultant's leaving without changing anything? No. That's mm-hmm. why they ch- they pay the consultant. So if the USADA has to test people, they have to catch people in order to keep paying. Right? They have to prove their worth. Mm-hmm. We caught the bad guys. Yeah. Or the good guys. Or all the guys. Or, we caught them
1: all. Or we're gonna be here, and uh, you know, we'll 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 use a little judgment, and we'll 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 testify in this regard about this or that or the other thing. So. I don't know, man here's a, here's the interesting thing, because you said this earlier, and I really have to wonder because I've seen a lot of backlash and I think I think there's two things that play into this. One is the fact that it's so absolutely ridiculous. this is uh, <laughs> this is like the Canelo Triple G first fight, sure, you know that scorecard, Adelaide Bird. this yes. is Adelaide Bird thinks this is ridiculous that John <laughs> Jones got fifteen months. I mean it's so blatantly run by money. It's so blatantly favoritism. I think that's one thing that's just really got a lot of fans going, look, I might be a John Jones fan. I might even think he was the best of all time. But this is blatantly something that seems like it's favored toward him and his BS. The second thing I think plays into this a little bit is, we talked about this on the show, people have really come around on D.C. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that D.C. did what he did in the Stipe fight, the fact that he kind of came back from losing to John Jones and mentally seeming like he was done to regaining that title to being one of the first uh, two Division title holders and getting ready to, you know, basically take on one of the baddest dudes on the planet, Brock Lesnar, with no hesitation and no questions asked. I think people have become DC fans, which will then sh- skew how you feel about John Jones cheating in these fights and testing positive and having these things happen. Remember this is the second time he did this to Daniel Cormier. First time he didn't even make it to the fight. Second time it was after the fight. And Daniel Cormier looked like mentally he had retired. He was able to come back. So I have to ask you a question because I know how I feel. I'm not buying a John Jones pay-per-view. Not going to do it. There's nothing that interests me. And we can kind of segue into what you're looking at here in just a minute. Nothing from John Jones interests me, especially the fight back. Cuz who does that? Who is that? Is that going to be is that well, going to be There's Houston?
0: no There's no way it can be DC, right? There's no, no it's way, not. There's no way they No, can DC do
1: that. is going to fight Brock. That's so that's also off the table for John initially. Right. So, who is buying this UFC 230? That's conspiracy theory. The top of the card's still not filled in. It's in New York. The, he ends up there despite what Dana
0: says. The one I like, the one I like, I know you're going to—Gustafson makes the most sense, right? Because Gustafson can't. I guess
1: it makes a sense because of the weight and who? what's yeah. he weighing right now. Meaning,
0: meaning, like, the guy can't get a fight, right? So, you got to put Gus somewhere. Gus has to— you, Keeping Gus not fighting is just silly. That one makes the think most OSP sense. OSP
1: wants another shot. Right, <laughs> like,
0: the one, damn it. the one that I like the most is Jones Stepe.
1: I'm not buying it. That's fine if you're not going. But I'm not buying it. Do
0: you think it'll sell? I don't. I have no idea. Stepe couldn't sell against DC. But I like, I like that better than. I mean, like you said, Brock and DC are off the 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 table. Right. I mean, people are talking about Kane. I think that's ridiculous. Because I mean, can Kane even fight? No, that's the reason DC is the heavyweight champ, right? Like, they, they were he didn't go heavyweight for so long because he
1: wanted to be respectful to Kane.
0: So to me, the you know the one that makes that makes it interesting if you're gonna quote unquote buy it or build a story or whatever, because you've got this struggle. You've got a guy who's been exonerated by the thing that you hold as law, whatever you feel about it, and we kind of lead into that, like doesn't matter if you think it's BS. This is what the UFC calls law. Law has exonerated him, so therefore he can fight. Okay, if he can fight, I've got to do something with him. I cannot put him at light heavyweight, especially if he's got to be in four months before he fights. That's the Brock DC time frame. Mm-hmm. So can't use him. We're going to go with Dana Rules for just a second, and I'll rewind the clock, right? The story that... Stipe needs to come on the way back. John needs to come on the way back. And John's too heavy because he's been out for so long and he's been weightlifting and da 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 Now I'm heavyweight. Da-da. Reinvigorates the heavyweight division and puts some star power there where there isn't really any. Mm-hmm. Um, which is how you got DC DC Stipe in the first place is that there's no one interesting at heavyweight. Which is how you get Brock Lesnar to show up. And that's is, not saying D.C. and
1: Stipe aren't interesting. It's the reason D.C. had to come up.
0: The reason D.C. had to come up is so that there was someone that Stipe could fight that you wouldn't go, I am not paying for this again. I've seen him beat that guy, right? Like, right. Because there's no one interesting. That's how Brock shows up. That's why John and Stipe makes the most sense. Okay. Now, no. this doesn't fix, before you say, this doesn't fix, and I know you're you're going to yell at me on Twitter, this doesn't fix the problem with light heavyweight, which is a dumpster fire right now. Because you've got a guy who's holding the belt who is never coming back to defend it.
1: Yeah, no, he's not gonna cut back down. I I I mean, if you're gonna tell me the most interesting of those fights, yes, it's the most interesting. Here and here I'll give you the one reason I might buy that. I might buy that even with my stance with John Jones and just I, I just don't like how it feels, how it tastes, how it's gone down. The one thing I think would be Interesting as hell is the fact that I think we would see John Jones nearly get straight up murdered by Stipe coming off a layoff. Because we know this is the opposite of what we talked about earlier with Conor McGregor. Like, usually guys come back, they're rusty, they're not quite there. Yes. You think he might be sharper than ever. He's been living in a cave, like just uh, beating the hell out of like bags and just, just working on that cardio, just, you know, just brimming with confidence. And money. I mean, and that brings some confidence and knowing, you know, John's going to have to fight to get his life back. Yeah. Whatever level of living he set himself up for, he's not been able to maintain that since he's been out. So John is basically fighting for his life mentally. Again, you and I have different concepts of what that is. You know, you and I can pay off our houses with one half of, you know, John Jones weekly paycheck. Sure. Sure. But whatever in John's you, mind mentally it's gonna be I'm fighting for my life. You live to your means, right? So he's, he's He did that. Yeah. And that got out of hand, clearly. So <laughs> So he's he's gonna be in his mind mentally fighting for his life. He's also a guy who's never been sure. Although, you know, you called it the, you know, there's always that other side of the door. You don't know what's on it. And as far as he knows, he might have almost been damn near retired by this thing. He should have been. Sure. If oh, everybody yeah. would have paid attention to the way things should have gone by the statutes and the laws and the rules, the way they were set up. So you've got a lot mentally going on with John. You never had with Connor. Connor has been able to just basically train. And no, nope, I can fight whenever the hell I want. I can do it again. Uh, I, If I don't fight, I'm fine. Doesn't matter. We've seen, literally, this John Jones. I'm sorry. We've seen a younger John Jones come back from a layoff, damn near get his ass whipped by Ovin St. Pru. Was
0: that three years ago, right?
1: I believe it it had to be two and a half at this point almost.
0: So three years older and been off for 15 months.
1: And, And much more mentally taxing this time. Yes. Because... I get it. The strategy is to drag things along, and it worked out. You're 100% right. The strategy is to drag things along, but mentally, that can wear you down. Just think the the not knowing is worse than the knowing. I've always said this before, too, Eric. If if you've got bad news, don't wait to tell me. Tell me the bad news and let me get it out of the way. I don't want to be thinking about the bad things that can happen. I'd rather know what's happening or know it's not. And it's been the waiting for John Jones since he popped and this has been the strategy that I believe probably has mentally worn him down. One thing with John Jones, nobody's ever gone, boy, he's mentally there. He's the strong. He's, he's just been such a talent, such a phenomenal athlete, uh, such an unorthodox guy that he's been able to win. But mentally, I don't think he's been there. I think mentally, if he were there, he would have beat the crap out of Ovin St. Peru on his comeback fight. Well, And, and I it think took five rounds, it was a decision, and he did not look good in that fight.
0: And I, I think when he's at his peak, and you see that in the the last DC fight, when he's at his peak, his fight IQ is insane. Right, mm-hmm. His ability to adapt and change angles and all that right. stuff makes him one of the best when we're having that discussion. But all of this outside of the ring stuff, and this one in particular, because you were fighting for your life because off for four years, forget about it. The sport has passed you by. Right.
1: And that's the other thing, too. It's gonna, it'll be three years if he's back next year. He's going to be three years older. And let's not forget the first guy who kind of took him to that limit with Alexander Gustafsson. And a lot of people think Alexander won that fight. I'm not there, but I do think uh, that fight was much more, much, much closer than some people scored it. Once he was taken to five rounds, he hasn't been able to get out he hasn't been able to finish a fight up until he caught Daniel Cormier in yeah. UFC 214, which was then overturned. Yeah. Round three, right? So, I mean, that says something, I think, mentally. Because, I, you know, I had a, I was a big fan of Glover Teixeira. There was no way I thought Glover Teixeira should have lasted five rounds in that fight. Right. And it just seems like after he took that five-round fight from Alexander Gustafson, John Jones a, looked a little bit different. Yep. A little bit different. And... It, He's older, man, and he did not handle that first layoff well. Remember the first layoff? Let me go look up the actual time. The first layoff was just over a year. He's going to be approaching three years on this layoff if he fights next year. If he fights in November, which some of us still think is happening, if he fights in November, it's two and a half years out of the cage. I don't think John Jones mentally has shown that he's the guy to handle that. Physically, well, athletically, perhaps.
0: So do you think, you know, real quickly, do you think he needs a tune up fight then? Because they they're Which br- means I have no interest in right. two thirty. That's what I was gonna say. That you know, they need him to headline, so they need somebody of note. But if you're putting him in there And Chow's already booked. You know, if you if you're putting him in there a, Chow's always that go to guy. Yeah, but he's already booked that month. You know, you're putting him in there with Gus or Stipe, that's not OSP. No. You know, no. OSP, who has used that fight to learn and get a lot better. Right. Gus has gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm.
1: But he's already beaten Gus. I don't know. Little, like I said, my interest – you did find the most interesting fight, Eric, and I think the interest there, I think he would – John Jones would be crushed, I believe. And I. that's kind of – fun. Funny to hear myself say that because, I mean, John Jones, you never say that. But, I mean, th- as we break all of this down, three years off, his last layoff didn't treat him well. Mentally, this has been taxing. If he has to fight somebody at 230 that th- is that good, I don't think it's going to turn out well for John Jones. I mean, we talk about this sport getting by people so many times. The Anderson Silva example is the one everybody looks at. Like, look at this man. This is, just got by him. He didn't fight enough. And, and I'm not even talking about the Chris Weidman losses. Right. I'm going back to Bisbing. Yep. Bisping was a fighter that, you know, was ostensibly there at the same time, but he didn't stop fighting. He didn't take those big breaks. He didn't mentally kind of get shut down the way Anderson Silva did after two losses to Chris Weidman. Uh, You would have never five years ago picked Michael Bisping over Anderson Silva. Nope. But you saw it happen, and you saw what happens when fighters kind of— have to deal with these losses that were, they were great a- athletes and they were amazing technicians and their fight IQ was beyond what we could comprehend at the time. People keep moving forward, getting faster, getting stronger, getting better.
0: And you're going to see the best example of life passing you by in the Liddell Tito fight.
1: Yeah, but they're both on I, that end.
0: That's what I'm saying. You're going to see what happens when those two guys show up at the same time in the same ring to do really bad fighting.
1: You know, what's interesting all about the bad this fighting, all the things I've seen before, and everything that's going on, I actually would pick Tito in this fight because he's been the guy that's been more consistent, oh, yeah. and he's been hanging and banging with dudes that have been in and the cage for the last couple and of years. Let's
0: remember, we're, we're not going to talk about this yet. Yeah, Maybe we're, we're going to talk- break
1: it down with our thirty-minute Tito Ortiz Chuck we Liddell will, we won't special. We'll break it down at
0: some point very quickly. What are they it's, fighting? It's
1: what October, I think. Would you be more interested in seeing Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell or John Jones and a nobody? Tito and Chuck. See, that's what I'm saying, man. They don't see. That's the other thing. UFC lets these guys get away. They could have let Chuck come out of mothballs for John Jones. I would have watched that. Ugh. I know, but I'm. You would have watched it. Ugh. I like when you give me that noise, which means my wallet would have opened. <laughs> I don't like it, but my wallet would have. But open. I'm
0: coming over. When is your house open? Mm, okay, I got the ugly hooker. Whatever. <laughs> Never happened. No. <laughs> uh, when is this thing? <laughs> Here's what's really interesting is I was going to make a joke early on that last week in the UFC you had a combined 85 years between the two fighters that were on the main event between Mm -hmm. um, Olenek and Hunt because 41 and 44. This one is 48 and 43. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. 48 and 43. Did you see... (laughs)
1: Again, I don't want to get...
0: November 24.
1: Two sideways on this. Oh, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. So we're going to have that and the Tiger Woods pay-per-view that weekend. Spend it with your family. Oh, wow. Did you see Oscar De La Hoya looking nervous as hell at that face-off? Yes. That was awesome. It was amazing. Because Oscar's one of those dudes, he can kind of rule the room if it's a bunch of boxers. But if these guys start going, well, I mean, what's he going to do? Right. Nothing. There's nothing to do. These guys both outweigh him, too, by like... 140 pounds each, yeah, at least. So you're All not right. running for president then, are you, Oscar?
0: Uh, Sao Paulo is this weekend. You can follow along on Twitter and Facebook. It's not, that's not
1: this show anymore. We don't need UFC <laughs> D cards previewed <laughs> at no,
0: Walsh wow, wow Show. Are you keeping it up to date? Because uh, I'm, I'm
1: not. I, I might. I'm not. <laughs> Eric's lying. He's have not a, keeping you up to date on that show.
0: Have a great weekend. This is your MMA show. I'm Eric Hulkgren. That is Ken Evans.